Wowza! With the fade out and everything. Good times, great oldies. Talking the animals, Eric Burden. What a classic rock and roll voice. One of the most classic, actually. They don't really come out that way, uh, you know, like they used to. One of my favorite gigs of his, uh, originally, was um, with a band called W.A.R. I don't know if anyone out there is familiar with War, but they're a funky group from the 70s, and Eric Burden uh, sits in with them on a jam, and... Uh, let's see here if I uh, can find it here because we're we're not getting Mike through the microphone here. And uh, oh, what's up, Frank? Oh, there I told he you is. Turn on oh, the all right, yeah. Uh, but he's got... I was like wondering what you were doing. <laughs> it's called uh, like... freestyling on the mic, there, man. <laughs> Dude, that was great. For... I thought you were talking to me. In the... Dude, there was a moment there. I thought you were talking to me until you said you like responded to what I was saying. Oh, Not that's pretty wild. Uh, well, I'm. I'm also. Oh, I've man. been accused of being psycho. Uh, everybody knows you are, that, dude. and so that you, is true. You read my mind and, Te- uh, telepathically. There, <laughs> that's pretty funny. Wow. And what I was talking about is "Spill the Wine." Uh, it's a famous song. A lot of people, I'm sure you recognize it, Mike. Uh, even the beat here is one of the best. Songs yes, ever. yeah. W A R, uh, just a classic group, and then yeah, it's just uh, it's got the groove, man. I love it. Here it all. Yeah, see, and then again, Eric Burden with. He's just got that, like, rock voice that uh, you just don't hear anymore these days, you know? It is a very unique voice. Oh, yeah, man. I was once out strolling. It's like a talk singing almost, but, uh, yeah, dude, spill the wine, man. Great jam. And, Mike, I just did a little freestyle for you on the WAR, Eric Burden, and the Animals, based off of your House of the Rising Sun uh, (coughs) interlude. Well played, sir. Oh, well played to you. Uh, Hats how, off. How are you today? Man, I had a I had a really interesting day if you uh if you got time to listen. Mike, that's uh my job currently for the next hour. Let's <laughs> let's dig on in, my man. Oh yeah. Nothing better than a captive audience. Uh, yeah. That's right. I got nothing else to do. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> So Tuesdays I got class, oh, you yeah. know, for the apprenticeship. That's right. Yeah. And uh, they decided that we're gonna do these like fifteen minute speeches next week because there's like these big wigs coming around, I guess. Wow. So we all gotta look up these like people from history and do like a fifteen minute speech on these guys, right? Cool, man. Hell yeah. Ted, I thought it was so stupid. I was like, this is really dumb. <laughs> It's fucking dumb. I'm here to be a plumber, not a speaker. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you got to talk to people when you show up to their house to do some plumbing. So no, no? oh, all right. not in the yeah. union. You can just That's grunt. the point of the union. Oh, nice. No. I show up and I plumb. <laughs> Hell yeah! All right, <clears throat> that's it. You know, it's a good game. But uh, anyways, the guys I got are like these. They're 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 like they're kind of like the fathers of like the federalization of the unions. They like. Brought it all, they're the ones that like started like consolidating all the unions in Chicago and really gave made. They're the reason Chicago is a union town, right? This, and this is from the 1800s, right? Oh yeah. And uh, this one guy, he grew up really poor, dude. 
uh, from Germany. His dad, they were immigrants. They come here in the 1800s. His dad was a uh, cigar roller. Oh, was he Cuban? Right? Wait, what was he? No, German. Uh, German, okay, never mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the guy's name is Gompers. Anyways, wow. this is like 1800s of the dead, and then he obviously, like they did in the day, he becomes a tobacco roller, right? Oh, yeah. Cigar roller, and he joins the Cigar Makers Union. Wow. And then that's when he like started consolidating all the unions into this, like, you know, bigger thing and using that for like political leverage and everything. Oh, yeah. But after a lifetime of like rolling cigars and everything, and like, think about how like you think that's such a boring job, right? I gotta read you this quote from this man. This is the German cigar roller. His dad was a cigar roller. He was a cigar roller, right? right. Absolutely. He was, and he fought for the unions so that like he fought for the union. He really fought for the unions because at that time nobody was. These guys were forced to provide their own tools that were getting paid shit. In the meantime, the company's making all the money. A lot of times they were like rolling in their own homes. Wow. You know, for this company, you know, it was really. So he really worked, but anyways. Uh, this is like at the end, towards the end of his life. This is like he's a million, he's rich, he's all this and that. But anyways, he says, the craftsmanship of the cigar maker was shown in his ability to utilize wrappers to the best advantage to shave off the unusable to a hairbreadth, to roll so as to cover holes in the leaf, and to use both hands so as to make a perfectly shaped and rolled product. Listen to him describe rolling a cigar, right? That's beautiful. To him, it, it was an art. It was a skill. It was a craft, right? Yeah. And then listen. These things a good cigar maker learned to do more or less mechanically, which left us free to think, talk, listen, or sing. I loved the freedom of that work. For I had earned the mind freedom that accompanied skill as a craftsman. Wow. I never understood what what was so good about, like, learning a trade. And that's what it is, dude. Think about cutting grass. You get to that point where you're just, you're not even thinking about it. You're doing it. And then what happens? You're you're listening to podcasts. That's when you're doing your best thinking. Absolutely. Yeah, I earned (laughs) by practicing and doing it. You earned the mind freedom that accompanies skill. That is a that is such a deep thought that I never. Yeah, he he put into words what I could never explain to, to somebody who says. Whenever I'm down, you say, just go to work. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, yes. Well, when things are bad, just go to work and like, you know. Absolutely, and young people don't know the value of time, and uh, you know to have the free headspace to think about your time, <laughs> and to, to like learn a skill that you can do so well that you can think about other things while you're doing it. That isn't a fantastic I, take. I've never really considered that, even though I can think of a lot of things I've. Uh, 
kind of gotten good at and then can do while I'm thinking about something else. And I guess people, uh, you know, I think a lot of people could relate to that, whether you're a musician or a cook or, um, you know, a plumber or, you know what I mean? Like, like, dude, I'm, I'm not a musician, but I've heard a lot of guys say they do their best thinking when they're playing their instrument. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I think that this guy just summed it all up. Right? That's... That is the gift you get after the hard work of learning a skill. The gift is the mind freedom. That these, does that make sense? It does. Somebody it, yeah. who doesn't have that, they don't get it. And Absolutely. those are the people that I think are the lost people who've never had honest. I don't know. It's, dude, when you have eight <laughs> hours behind a lawnmower that's running, like, oh, yeah. dude, you get deep into yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah, those diagonal lines. You start lines thinking about really conversations good. you had in third grade, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Absolutely, man. That's a great call. It reminds me of a guy I worked with uh, many years ago. He would always come into work with these great ideas, and uh, he would always start with, uh, hey, you know, I thought about this in the shower this morning, and uh, I eventually asked him, you know, like, why he always starts at, you know, does he think his best ideas in the shower? He goes, yeah, I just get all my best thoughts out in the shower. So. He's jerking off in the shower. <laughs> and thinking about work. <laughs> a little weird. And me. Yeah, it's kind of strange yeah. now that I think about it. He has ADD and he's jerking off in the shower. <laughs> I have the same problem. Think, thinking about doing his best thinking in the shower. You're saying <laughs> there are craftsmen out there doing their best thinking when they're, you know, doing their craft. Uh, maybe this guy's best craft is showering, right? It's his best move. No, I think he, I, I think right now his best thinking is in the shower because he hasn't found his craft. Oh, and your, and your craft could be anything. And you are hinting at the fact that his craft currently could be masturbation. That's his best craft. <laughs> that's, that's, right. that's what he's best at right now. But when he truly <laughs> finds his craft, he will know what, you know. <laughs> Yeah, when he finds his craft, he'll look back and think, man, I was just an amateur at jerking off. That was crazy. <laughs> I, don't know, I thought it was great because that, this guy <laughs> summed up what I have felt from every job that I've ever liked doing, you know? I don't know. I do. A lot, lot, lot to learn from the men from the 1800s, you know? Yeah, Dude, this guy. <laughs> all, all he did was roll cigars. Yeah, but he didn't have stuff to, like, distract him, too, you know? Like, I can turn on uh, the Cubs game during spring training while I'm doing my job. Are you kidding me? That was the last time they won the World Series, 1873, <laughs> when you said that quote. <laughs> <laughs> they were losing back then. Are there? Do, that was the last time the Bears had the first round pick. Can the modern generation do a job like that now? Are they capable? Do they have the mindset to sit there and really focus on one task no. for that long, forever? That's why we're losing tradesmen. Yes. You know? Hell yeah! You're absolutely we're losing, right. Like we're losing skilled craftsmen. Skilled. There's a lot of craftsmen out there, but like truly skilled people. Right. I, I see a day to day where it's like, dude, some guys they're they're great plumbers if you if they if if you tell them what to do. But they like there's a there's a skill 
to just looking at something and figuring it out, right? Listen, this is what you got. This is what we need you to do. Figure it out, you know? And that does, that's not just plumbing. That goes for everything. Yeah, man. You know, the way he described it with, like, the leaves, like, you get a leaf. It's got holes in it. Like, he, he didn't say the craftsman was the guy who could grab the most perfect leaf. No. The craftsman was the guy who could roll the leaf perfectly so that it covered the hole. You know, it's like that. Yeah, man. Nowadays, <laughs> the, the, the kids we got nowadays, it's, I, well, this pipe isn't right. Well, make it right. <laughs> I don't know. Figure it out, right? For sure. And this has me hankering to roll up a fat doobie. I don't know why. I just want to kind of. Oh, I wish this guy could roll me a blunt, dude. If I could. Give me a time machine. I'm going back. Meet up gompers. <laughs> This guy could probably roll a mean doobie real fast, too. Like, how fast do you think uh, this guy could do up, uh, you know, any kind of roll-up, any kind of tobacco or anything? Probably super fast. There was there was a union, dude. It has me uh, picturing, do you remember the uh, Dolly G show? It was on HBO. Great fucking show. Totally underrated. Yeah. And uh, his opening credits, he would close, he would open his hand and there would be weed and a joint. And then he would close his hand and it would like instantly be a doobie, like a rolled doobie. And I feel like that's that guy (laughs) could like, he could like one handedly, like in front of your face, like magic, just like do up a doobie. (laughs) That's what I envision. Looking you in the eye. (laughs) <laughs> yes, never breaking eye contact, just perfect dube. Yeah, I mean, he did it for decades. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Well, that's Gompers. So yeah. I had to bring it up. <laughs> Very interesting. I, uh, I think that's good stuff. We need more uh, professionals. Um, and by professional, we need seasoned vets people who've uh, done it for a long time where they're uh, almost asleep at the wheel while they're doing it kind of like i can only assume being asleep at the wheel like the dude who was driving that freaking train in ohio i'm like what is going on dude? oh yeah in a small ohio community waiting to find out if it is safe to go back to their homes a fiery train derailment sent hundreds of people fleeing from their homes the train's operator and we did cover this, the initial crash, and I thought... Oh, it got way worse. <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> says, How can it get worse the- than the emergency response people fleeing the scene? <laughs> oh, it got worse. Essentially, deadly gas that was on that train was successfully completed on Monday, but the evacuees all have one major question. How safe is the air after that burn, and when can we go home? NBC News correspondent Ron Allen is in Darlington, Pennsylvania, just outside the evacuation zone. Ron, local officials gave an update, I know, just a short time ago. What are they saying about the potential threat to the homeowners? Well, the evacuation zone is still in place, which is why this roadblock is here behind me and on a number of roads leading to the town. And they're going to stay in place. This is uh, Ron must be at the bottom of the totem pole, by the way. They sent him to (laughs) this place where they're literally having they're having press conferences where they're like, we can't let you back. We don't know if the air is safe to breathe yet. And then they're like, let's go send Ron over there. And uh, he's going to do on the site. Hey, hey, boss, I'm at the community center. No, Ron, (laughs) you go all the way to the barrier. we need as to see close as you can, Ron. We need that smoke in the background, buddy. Have you seen the ratings? 
Be a team player, bro. I don't care if they're all wearing hazmat suits. You're going to be fine, buddy. <laughs> Trust the experts, Ron. Come on, dude. You're fine. <laughs> For the, the time being, they're making a lot of progress at the crash site. The fire, they say, emergency workers say, is out. They've even removed several of the train cars that were in question. So they're making progress can, doing can you stop that. Right there? I just got to tell you. I just got to tell you. I don't care. I don't care what anybody says. The minute the military rolls into my town and shuts everything down, for whatever reason, for whatever reason, I'm out. I'm That's never coming it. back. Yeah. It's not safe. It's definitely not right? safe. It's absolutely not safe. They are lying to you if they say it is safe. They told the people of Flint, Michigan, go ahead, drink the water. <laughs> You're fine now. <laughs> You're fine now. It's going to be fine. <laughs> it's good water. <laughs> they, they told that to the people of Flint. They told the same thing to the people in Jackson, Mississippi. No, 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 it's good Jackson. water. Go ahead. Now boil it now. No, 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 it's good. Don't worry. You don't have to boil it. Well, why don't you boil it again now? Boil, uh, it. boil it one more time. Wait, wait, no, no, no. You're good. <laughs> You only got to boil it on Tuesday and Thursday. (laughs) I mean, I don't know about you guys, but for me, it's one boil and I'm not drinking the water anymore. (laughs) I'm out. You tell me why. I'm I'm moving to a a place that never had to boil their water. Right? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And here's what's fucked up about this situation is when we were talking about it on Sunday, I think. They were like, yeah, it's out of control, and, uh, well, we know it's super toxic, but we have to release it so it's not worse. It's like... <laughs> yeah, that's how they got it under control. That's what they're failing to mention here. They used the exact same dialogue during Fukushima. They're like, yeah, well, uh, we're going to release, release a little <laughs> nuclear material, but uh, we got to do it before it gets worse. <laughs> it's not just good. A, it's not good when they do that. Just a- just a little bit. Not going to hurt you. Just a little guy. That's a, <laughs> a little guy. <laughs> Don't worry about that little guy. They they pull the same bullshit, the same language with all of these disasters. It's happened here in Colorado with the plutonium spills. It's the same shit. And they're like, no, no, it's okay. Go ahead, build a bunch of homes. It's no problem. You're fine. Don't, yeah, don't worry about it. You can drink the water. Come on, we're drinking the water. Look, I'm going to drink the water. And they drink the fucking glass of water on the news. And then, uh, you know. It's great. You give it to your kids. Then at night, when they're running around, you can see them when they smile. Their teeth are glowing. <laughs> it's perfect. And look at your Wood gardens. Wood. You got ginormous zucchinis. Come on. Oh, You're welcome. Yeah. The best tomatoes. <laughs> Oh, dude, so uh, they're not going to, they're going to let the people back, obviously. I know, but would you, I mean, well, I guess they can't sell the house now, right? You got to wait now. You have to wait like a decade when people don't know or. People, decade, dude, people are going to know forever. It's hard to find a house now for cheap, too. You could take a loss, sell it. Oh, maybe now's the time to go buy in Dapper, Pennsylvania, or what was it called? I'm sure they're right next door to uh, Fetterman's house. I can only imagine. <laughs> is this how we get the hump? <laughs> I Dude, you know what's funny about this is, like, are they going to drag uh, Booty Gig again out for this? He's on TV every other night for some fucking transportation oh, yeah, disaster. Poor Booty Gig, Dude, this kicking guy, a break. <laughs> he's had the worst job in this entire administration, man. 
Like, nothing has gone right in transportation for the last two years. Literally nothing. It's the only thing that's gone good for 300 years in this fucking democracy. (laughs) (laughs) 247 years or whatever it is. 46 years. It's once again, we checked off some boxes and here we are, man. We got uh, poisonous explosions in Ohio and uh, the airlines don't function anymore. It's fucking great, dude. (laughs) We went from horses to spaceships without a hitch. <laughs> People the judge comes in. <laughs> can't even handle the railways. <laughs> we can't even get back to the moon, dude. We barely got there. It took us, months. <laughs> yeah, no, it took us months to get there. And I assume the mission went so poorly, they refused to tell us the outcomes. The, the, nothing yeah, happened. I mean, nobody will talk about what happened to <laughs> Artemis. I can only assume it floated off into space. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> Well, hopefully they find that uh, cosmonaut. Oh, right. That's right. Good call, my man. Absolutely. Poor guy. Poor guy, indeed. Yeah, I would never move into that town again. I think that's it. I'm out. I'm not moving back. I think people forget the people who remember die off and move away. New people move in who uh, are not from the region, have no idea. Uh, You know, real estate agents are really good at lying and tricking people and... Most people- three bedroom, two bath, comes with a very large yard, and there was a <laughs> train and dinner room in it. And, uh- <laughs> <laughs> the owners left a very nice uh, reverse osmosis water system for you guys. Uh, very generous. It's the best. We're in a funky place, and uh, the country's uh, maybe not doing so well, right? With the transportation, the uh, people are uh, apparently working more now, right? We have more jobs, but the economy's still tanking, and gas is through the roof. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, I'm pretty happy to say that we got another State of the Union on our hands here. Oh, it's coming up. And. Right uh, it just happened, actually, depending on when you're oh, listening. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> and so we will probably get into it a little bit later <laughs> in the week uh, because we love... Uh, I don't like to clip Biden, but I like to clip people talking about Biden. That's my general that's rule here best. on the show. Yes. And uh, apparently, Biden's got some issues heading into this one, Mike, and who could have guessed it, my man? Our new poll points to problems for President Biden and lack of confidence in America's leadership across the board. Senior national correspondent Terry Moran has the details. Good morning, Terry. Did you see, guys see how he handled this the balloon? Tough... <laughs> That's funny. In my rant earlier, I was trying to think, like, whatever fucking, what was the other transportation debacle? Oh, yeah. We had a gigantic multi-bus-sized balloon floating in our airspace for seven <laughs> days. <laughs> fucking Pete Buttigieg, this fucking jackass. It's unbelievable. <laughs> No, the best part was the Biden administration goes, hey, you guys didn't notice it for three days? Ah, it was just a balloon. You know, it's a small <laughs> balloon. Well, why did you blow it up? Well, it's the size of three buses. We can't <laughs> blow it up over. Now, which one is it? <laughs> is it too small to see or is it a giant balloon that you can't blow up? Yeah. Over Montana. I'm no master of spatial depth, but I feel like three buses is pretty fucking huge. <laughs> you know, it's like, a little big. <laughs> that's a lot of space. You know, you're covering a lot of space there. 
<laughs> We're not talking about three Priuses. You know? <laughs> right. You're talking about that's that's like 600 kid capacity, right? There. If, if it was a balloon the size of three Chihuahuas, okay, I'd give you a pass on this one. All right, I understand. Pass. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Size of a kid's kite. All right. <laughs> the buses. That's fantastic. All right, so uh, Biden's not looking good, Mike. It's good stuff. Hold for President Biden and for yeah, it was so politics. small and minuscule we couldn't even see it. It was very hard to find. Couldn't track it. So small, couldn't even see. What's that? Yeah, the rubbish was spread over seven miles. <laughs> Excuse me. It was <laughs> this, this tiny, insignificant thing that you couldn't see scattered over seven miles. It uh, covered more distance uh, than the Challenger explosion. Actually, it's pretty incredible stuff. <laughs> this thing was massive. These guys, dude. This balloon. This might be the greatest thing that's ever happened. It's, it's, <laughs> the uh, the wreckage covered about the same distance as Flight ninety seven. <laughs> no relation. <laughs> oh man, when the balloon hit- it was shot down by a <laughs> missile. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> when it first hit my phone, I turned on. I'm just like, oh, this is gonna be so good. Like, <laughs> like this. <laughs> We're going to be talking about this balloon for months. This is incredible. This is, oh, yeah. I love it. <laughs> oh, dude, we talked about Balloon Boy for two weeks, and that thing, it was nothing. <laughs> the fucking balloon. Oh, man. All right, so uh, let's uh, let's give it away to the polls, Mike. I'm sure you can predict exactly what they're going to see here. For President Biden and for every other politician in Washington. Uh, Joe Biden actually comes into the State of the Union address after a pretty good midterms election result for an incumbent president and with some legislative accomplishments to tout on infrastructure and green energy and more. But the problem for Biden is the economy. Take a look at this number. We asked, mm, are you better right. off financially, worse off, or about the same since Joe Biden became president? And 41% say they are worse off. Just 16% say they're better off. The rest about the same. People are struggling and they are. 16% better off? <laughs> That's not a good number. Who are those people that are better off right now? Well, Joe Biden's friends. Hunter <laughs> Biden. I was going to say it's the 1%, dude. Steve Biden or whatever his brother's name is. I'm sure Bill Gates is doing better. It's Elon Musk. And, or not even him. Elon Musk is uh, having a bad year. He lost too. billions of dollars this on the fucking Twitter buy. It's the worst there. economy ever. Not happy with Joe Biden. His approval numbers remain stagnant, but they don't much like the Republican approach either. Consider the debt ceiling crisis, the looming crisis over the debt ceiling with Republicans threatening uh, to not raise the debt ceiling unless they get major spending cuts. That threatens to plunge the country into default, but by a whopping margin. Look at this. 65% of the people in America reject that Republican approach. They want the debt ceiling, repayment of debt, and cutting spending handled separately. Just 26% agree with the GOP approach there. So uh, both sides uh, having trouble with the American people. Yes. Damn, so I'm going to say it again, as I've said over and over. Uh, they got to, they need to embrace the COVID stuff, man. Hmm. I really think the Republicans got to, they got to do the DeSantis, dude. DeSantis is the most vocal dude, anti-COVID, Restrictions, anti-freedom. The problem is they can't. 
Well, and so what I was going to say. Where are you going to do it? You can't do it on TV. You can't do it on YouTube. You can't do it on Twitter. You can't do it. Oh, good call. Very good call. I agree. But I think you can at least speak to your constituents and your base and say, hey, look, we are fundamentally as a party against COVID restrictions, COVID lockdowns, masking your kids. Yeah, You don't think they, they're all saying that at the rallies, but you can't say it on any platform. They're talking, like if you, they're talking about, how terrible it was. Dude, Ted Cruz, he's putting in bills about the vaccine. He's actually fighting for uh, service members who got kicked out to get back pay and everything. Because of the vaccine mandate. Yeah. Ah, man. Ted Cruz, once again, I salute you. And so... Great, man. I love that (laughs) clip. Never let me down, production crew. (laughs) Um, yeah, I think the Republicans, their big folly here is they're just not embracing the movement on the right and the people in the center who have moved right for the time being, I guess you could say, uh, the people who are supportive of dudes like DeSantis who are out there openly saying what needs to be said out loud. And I think that's why you're not getting a lot of support. here's the problem, dude. Like the Daily Wire... They say they left Trump and they want DeSantis. But all you fucking talk about is Trump. Yeah, everybody loves Trump, dude. Stop talking about him, dude. (laughs) I don't care about him. Nobody really cares about him, right? So talk about something else. Ben Shapiro, you say whatever you want, dude, but when you talk about Trump half your episode, you're no different than CNN. Great call. I didn't know they were obsessing over Trump in a negative way. I thought they were still big time supporters of him. Are you? Um, no. Are you implying? You should hear what they're. Yeah. Well, are they are they totally for DeSantis now? Is that the swing yes. led by McConnell and all the minions? They want to drop the, the MAGA crowd, of course. All of them, which was it, kind of makes me skeptical of DeSantis. You know. Well. Doesn't it seem like every time we turn a corner, it's the establishment, whether it be right or left, it's the uniparty, I guess, they are always against Trump. It seems like everybody, no matter the side, can't stand that this dude is in politics. It kind of reinforces the idea that he is this outsider, kind of, what, draining the swamp, for lack of a better term. But he didn't drain it. No, he didn't drain anything. That's the he just filled it with different gators. Well, yeah, it's, instead of our oligarchs, we had the Russian oligarchs hanging out in the way. <laughs> Schmoozing nah, and shaking no hands and having a good time. You remember those photo ops? It was fucking hilarious. Everybody <laughs> lost their minds. People thought they were planting yeah. bugs in the White House and all that. I'm sure they did, but it's the Russians. You can't trust them, man. It is fucked up, but you know what? It, they're not, dude, no. It, Say what you want about Hunter Biden, right? Everybody, you know, I know we talk a lot about it, but the truth is, Jared Kushner is a nobody who knows nothing about investing. Like, he's really not that, not a nobody who knows nothing, but I mean, he's not somebody you would give a lot of money to, right? And And everybody (laughs) said he was a bad investment. Everybody told MBS he was a bad investment. And MBS said, go ahead, give his investment firm $2 billion. That was after the so-called peace deal 
you know? Like Was this before or after the Khashoggi um murder? Frank, nobody cares about this. God. Oh, you know what the problem is? What are you, listening... are you living in Hollywood, you f***? Oh, nobody cares dude, about you know the problem? I'm listening to too much uh, democracy now. I've got Amy, yeah, Good... that Amy is, Goodman. That is an Amy Goodman. She's infected. Only she cares. <laughs> she infected my head, man. You know? She brings it up every other day. Nobody fucking cares about Khashoggi. Dude, you talk shit about the wrong people, and then you went to their country. Or a country they could get you. You know what I mean? Oh, and have you read what Iran is doing to all these kids who were protesting back in December or whatever? Like, they're basically yeah, they're, killing they're them. They're executed. <laughs> yeah, they're killing all of them. <laughs> and, uh, like, Amy Goodman and... They, they literally, you know, said, they literally said, what do we do? We're not even... What do we look like? Monsters? We're not going to just mass execute everybody <laughs> that protested? So they're slowly, systematically... One by one executed. Yeah, they're arresting them <laughs> and then killing them. Yeah, that's it's so fucked up. And it's basically Amy it's, Goodman and Democracy Now! reporting on it at this point. Uh, they're the only ones outraged. But we were saying it, just like the athletes who were protesting, the second you go back to your country, they're going to kill you, dude. That's what Iran... Them. Iran has done this. These There are countries like this who have been doing this forever. There's nothing that's yeah. going to change about their culture, man. And they will continue to do it because right, it's the culture. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? It's the culture. It's why people say outrageous cuckoo things like America is one of the greatest countries in the world. <laughs> because you can make fun of everybody within the establishment of America, within the machine, and you could still come back and hang out in America. With the exception of being... Uh, Edward Snowden or uh, Julian Assange, you're not allowed. You know what I blew somebody's mind with the other day? What was that? Um, he was talking shit about America and like the immigration and everything, and I said, you don't know how rare it is around the world that we have the problem we have. You think this is like a common thing, but I said, you don't realize how many countries you can't leave. Wow. Think think about that. That's wild right? stuff, man. Absolutely. Our problem is we got too many people coming in. They want you wanna go, go. <laughs> That's right, here's the door. <laughs> There's nothing stopping you, <laughs> dude. Right, There's man. nothing stopping you from going. There are flights every day out. <laughs> That's right. right. Yeah. Nobody will stop you from going out. There are countries where their biggest problem is they're you can't leave. And that's that's crazy, right? Yeah, not being able to leave, scary scenario. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is why COVID lockdowns were scary. Uh, you're basically describing Dur Australia, New Zealand, right? There was like a lockdown. During island. COVID. Yeah, during that's COVID. That's what was scary. Canada? Can't leave. Can't leave. It's not scary that you're closing the border to people coming. You're telling me I can't leave? Yeah. I don't know. There's something far more frightening about I can't leave than... Uh, we can't, can't let you in. in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right on the money, dude. Wow. You that's can't let chilling. me in. Fuck you. I can't leave. Fuck me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty wild. Yeah, we could still uh, sneak out over to Mexico. Um, I don't see why anyone would ever want to go to Canada. That place is just... Uh... You know, I'm just kidding. I know we got some Canadian listeners out there. I love you guys. So, uh, 
I just oh, like, we love our listeners. I don't like. Country. I just don't like Trudeau. <laughs> I'm an anti Trudeau. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We're bringing back the French hate. <laughs> we got to unite this country on French hate. I think we can bring it back, dude. They're white. You know, like it's great. Nobody cares about them. We can hate the French. Let's unite on that. I think black and white, we could universally all agree we hate the French. The French are funny. It's still um, a group I can bring up in regular conversation, not have any idea of what your political leanings are or any of that nonsense, but I can make a, a comment or a joke about the French, and we will all share in a chuckle about the French. Like that. That's uh, the best part is there's always ever, one yeah. f- in the group that's like, <laughs> oh, I'm actually French-Canadian. Everybody just laughs at them, like like it's a joke. Oh, Steven Crowder? Get out of here, Steven. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> You've already been canceled, bro. Did we send him back to Canada? What happened to Steven? That, that's right. <laughs> He's gone at this point, and that Did news... Did he go back to Canada? That, like, uh, was really hip in the podcast world for about five seconds. And then I think the podcast world realized the real world doesn't care about what's going on in the podcast world. <laughs> well, can I just give a little message to my Jewish brethren? <laughs> if you must. <laughs> uh, when everybody who says the Jews are in control just gets taken off the face of the earth once they say it, it kind of seems like the Jews are in control. Ooh. You got Kanye, now you got Stephen Crowder. I mean... Is that what Crowder implied? Well, the big con... Is he, was he angling for some sort of anti-Semitic... I'm just kidding. I don't Threat. think everyone has this. But I mean, you know, but he kind of, you know. Um, I didn't really get that vibe from him. Although I think it's no, you know, secret who. Frank, who's I don't think it's anti-Semitic to say that these guys are running this industry. And what the can't... entertainment industry? Yeah, even like with the podcast and YouTube and everything, like they run it, they own it. You can't, the one thing you can never, dude, there's two things you can't say, there's two things you can't talk about on any platform, and that's the, the vaccine killing people, and the Jews control over the media. That's right. <laughs> over, o- over said platforms. <laughs> you know? It's true, I mean, there's a lot of truth to that statement. Uh, you know, it's funny that I never really apply like any kind of ethnic background or religion or any any of those tropes that come along with the money or whatever. You know, for me, I always think it's uh, this group of the richest, you know, the wealthiest people in the world, the people who truly control everything. And then there's the little subgroups below them who are slightly less wealthy, so on and so forth down the ladder. <clears throat> so. I don't necessarily think those at the very top are all Jews or a new one group. I imagine that it's just the group that is the that controls the wealth. For and the percentage of the world's population, for the percentage of America's population, it is overwhelmingly. Right, but I mean... The top of, they're at the top of that industry. I'm just saying I think that ultimately it comes down to a, a very small percentage of Frank, that's like me top. saying the Irish don't own the plumbing union. 
Well, I can only uh, assume. Every guy at the you. top starts with a Mick. The last name is a McGill, a McGullum, a fuck. Everything's a Mick. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I guess that's the way the cookie crumbles in some industries. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? I just got that. Is that why they're called Micks? Yeah, I think that's where the derogatory slang oh, for Irish comes from. Oh, I just from. got that. Absolutely. Dude, he's got like McWilliams, McGuire. I worked, Dude, literally, uh, <laughs> yeah. I worked with oh, a tiny funny. Irish dude. He was, uh, he was a foul-mouthed, loud, hilarious uh, fella. I really loved working with the guy. He would always, oh, the best. Yeah. He would always holler uh, Italian and Polish, but mostly Italian-based ethnic slurs at me while we were cooking all the time. And so I went home and Googled an entire list of Irish ethnic slangs, and I repeated them back to him as he threw them at me, <laughs> and he left his spot on the line and gave me a hug. He was so filled with joy <laughs> that someone finally looked up his ethnicities, ethnic slurs, <laughs> and, and took the time to learn them, understand them, and holler them back at him. He loved it. So a grease ball was met with a mick, and he was absolutely uh, uh, just thrilled with it. And, uh, you know, look, people, take the time to learn other people's cultures. You may, uh, you may have some fun with it down the, down the road. You know, that's how everybody who works, you know, it's just a working environment. <laughs> yeah, insulting any, each other. On, any of the know, cultures that just, like, downtrodden but doesn't complain about it? You know? That's right, man. I don't know. <laughs> Gotta love the Irish. Hey, they love to drink. They uh, they work hard, and uh, I can't complain about those two qualities. Terrible food. Not good yeah, food. Yeah, that's yeah. Good don't complain. I like the much. Reuben or the corn. You don't like corned beef, man? Come on, it's good stuff. Reuben sandwich. You got me on the Reuben. Ah. Oh. I actually, I have a rule for all restaurants and places that I'll, I'll go and check out. Um, if I'm a little unsure and they have a Reuben, I will get the Reuben. And my rule is if you can't do a Reuben, you can't do anything else, right? Frank, I swear to God, you must have told me that years ago because I have lived by that rule. I, don't, I just like think... that rule exactly. Like, I, I think I remember, like, I have always lived by that rule. Like, get the Reuben if they fuck it up. Don't eat here again. Yeah, the soggy bread, not enough of the fucking sauce. You know what I mean? Cold uh, slaw or cold um, coleslaw or whatever it is, uh, sauerkraut. Get out of here! You don't know how you can't cook a burger. Then there's no way. It's not that. It's like it's it's just if you fuck up the Rubens because you just don't care because everything's already prepared. Right. Oh yeah, dude. The Reuben, it's you got to put it together, Mike. It takes some craftsmanship, if you will, to throw together a good oh, solid Reuben. You got to kind of know what you're doing in the kitchen to time it all right, so it's all cooked perfectly, heated, not burnt, and uh, toast is nice and solid and crispy, not overdone. And, you know, all comes together in the end. See, I've always said. I've always said cooking is is a skill and it's a craft, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't matter what you're eating in a prison cell. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You know, and half the time I'm eating in a fucking white van. So. <laughs> 
Give me the McDonald's. I don't know, man. I think uh, especially, actually, if you're in kind of a crummy environment or not the most ideal, you know, place to eat, maybe having yourself a really well-prepared meal can improve the ambiance of the experience. No. No. No, because I was in the (laughs) army and I went like days without real food. And then when you got real food, it didn't matter what, dude, Jack in the Box tasted like a fucking Michelin star (laughs) restaurant. You know what I mean? Like, if you would have taken me to a Michelin star restaurant, you would have just been wasting my experience. You know? I, I have a belief that people who eat and dine at Michelin star restaurants, I bet any money you could buy some Jack in the Box, bring it in through the back prepare it in tiny little portions on a plate and sell it to these people in a Michelin star restaurant. They would be like, oh, this is amazing. They would take pictures and put it on Instagram. It was the greatest thing they ever had. I don't know about that, but I guarantee (laughs) you if they spend three days in the desert outside of Yuma, Arizona, eating MREs, (laughs) they'll pay you $1,200 for that jack-in-the-box meal. I really think Gordon Ramsay could make Jack in the Box, look Michelin star. I believe it 100%. But you don't even need to make it look... Dude, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what you... It doesn't matter what you're eating or even where you're eating it. What matters is where did you come from. That's a good call. Right? Absolutely. If you just came from... If you just walked off a yacht and you're out, oh, you know, let me try this $1,200. Yeah, fuck that. You, you just came from a... From a from a struggle, you're thirsty, you're starving. That's the best meal, whatever it is. Uh, absolutely, I couldn't agree more. I've I've been there. I've had a dry day old bagel, and it was the best meal of my life in the moment. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> and what's funny is, you know, we're always thrust into these stressful life situations, and I'm a big fan of smoke a little weed, a veg out take the edge off uh <laughs> mike i'm gonna great battle dude i am uh becoming hip to a new trend i didn't know this was a thing but i think this is what all the young folk are going to be doing in the future to uh to relax all right let's keep it on the health beat a cup of coffee not cutting it anymore for some <laughs> oh sorry not to relax to to get back into things sorry i, I misinterpreted what is I don't know what it is. I don't know how Leo dates these girls. I hear that like twenty something chick voice. <laughs> I know. I'm out. Right. I can't believe what I stumbled upon here. I, I don't even know what I I don't even know how to like segue into it. I felt like the weed taking a break thing because I thought they were talking about it. I don't know what's going on with the people these days and why we think that we need what I'm about to play, but we are so fucked up that this is what we're doing, man. Looking for a better mental edge, they are actually turning to at home brain simulation using electrical currents. Informally, they call it brain zapping. Yeah, we're brain zapping, baby. Woo! Yeah! Shoot some electrons. Electrodes? That, that explains the 19-year-olds that I work Yeah, that I see. 
Mike. They're, they're zapping those brains. We're brain zapping, baby. So just a couple steps up from a cup of coffee, <laughs> right? right? Quite a few. <laughs> for conditions like chronic brain fog and even depression, but the trend is picking up speed faster than scientists are able really to determine mm-hmm. how well it's working. Joining us now to discuss is NBC News medical fellow, Dr. Akshay Sile. Doctor, always great to have you. Uh, you don't need a scientist. As the plumber, let me give you my uh, analysis here. <laughs> Harvard and Yale just decided to drop the ACT SAT requirements. <laughs> Y'all are getting dumber. <laughs> Dude, the only answer <laughs> is to stick a bunch of fucking things onto our head and zap our brains with some electricity, man. Yeah. All I know is my parents made it, their parents made it, <laughs> and all of their parents made it. None of them had to zap their brains. You guys ever heard of espresso? Most of them didn't even have electricity. <laughs> That's so nuts. This is fucking crazy. And uh, they go over some side effects towards the end, but I do want to stress that they don't say all of them because the main side effect at the bottom of the screen that they show, strokes, uh, it's kind of crazy, Mike. You know, yeah. you throw some electric uh, shocks through your brain, you might, <laughs> might stroke out a little bit there. You can't just fucking, you can't overload your brain, man. This is you know the army did this for a long time. Oh, oh, so this is a this thing. This, really? This is where this this is where this comes from. Yeah, Appar- you could like zap the brain in certain areas to increase learning speed, things like that. So they must have this down. Um, to a did you ever learn about the best way to learn something? No. It's crazy. Yeah. It, 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 I, re- I remember learning it in the army and then it was like uh i remember like reading a lot about it later on but like so the best like let's say you want to learn piano oh right? yeah right teacher comes shows you how to do what is that scales yeah that's right where you go like a b c d e whatever for sure <clears throat> so you suck at doing it you've never even done it your fingers it, they won't even move that way right <laughs> that's right uh, what you should do is do it for like 10 to 15 minutes and then stop, put your hands on your lap and just close your eyes right. for a few minutes. Yeah, man. And, and during those few minutes, your brain will replay what you just learned and it will do the actual like as if your fingers are doing it, it will like it's almost like an instant re. It's like a computer analyzing a play, and it will do it a thousand times, ten thousand times within those minutes that you sit there with your eyes closed. Way more than you could ever actually do it physically. And then when you go back to it, you'll be better. That's amazing. It's, it's just like yeah. It's just like I don't know if you ever had this experience, but uh, I played that game where it was like Guitar Hero, but with a real guitar. Oh, yes, I do remember that coming out, yeah. And so, like, I played that for, like, I remember I played it for a few months, and I actually got to the point where, like, holy shit, I actually completed uh, Knocking on Heaven's Door, you know, Bob Dylan, (laughs) Knocking on Heaven's Door. I I actually played it, uh, but I played it on medium, right? Oh, yeah. And the only reason I know is because I put it away, I moved. And then I never dug, I didn't dig it up to, like, three months later, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And first thing I did when I pl- played it was I went to that song because I remember playing it, and right away I was able to play it on hard. Wow, man. 
even though even though you could see in the record i never even attempt like i I never even finished hard i always got booed (laughs) (laughs) so that's why i'm saying it's like a weird thing with your brain but that's what the the military was doing too where like you could uh inject impulses in certain areas that would increase short-term memory you could increase you could sacrifice short-term memory for long-term wow really yeah yeah they really they've really mastered could you wire someone you could wire someone to be aggressive oh that's too easy exactly i Uh, think they could do that with sonic waves i do too actually well i think they can control entire populations uh moods moods with like the sonic waves you know emotions like low frequency absolutely man why do we got all these fucking cell towers everywhere I'm sure they can be... Oh, cell towers! No, no! They could be emitting This is where me and Frank split. Every time, dude. I believe believe they can. Frank believes they are. But isn't it the truth with everything with our government in the last hundred years, if they can, they fucking do, man. That's literally what they fucking do. That's too much, man. It's so easy. You set up the cell towers, but you can also set up a transmitter within those cell towers, and you could transmit low wave frequencies that right. make people just because lazy. Just because it's possible doesn't mean it's applicable. You know. I think if it's possible, they find they find a way to make it <laughs> applicable, and if it's designed to fuck with us and make us lazy and and slow and dumb. And pathetic and dependent uh, on the government, dude. They don't, you don't, dude. We're Americans. You don't need anything for that. Have we're, you been driving around lately? There's fucking zombies everywhere, man. Even people just walking around, they look like zombies. That's literally like. <laughs> and I, I don't know. I, I, did you ever see that Louis C.K. bit? I, 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 I don't know how I stumbled. It was an old bit, <laughs> but it's really funny, dude, because it pinpoints why stupid people have lots of kids. Like the dumbest friend you have has three wives, nine kids. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's because the idea that you would just walk up to a stranger and be like, do you want to fuck? And that they would actually want to have sex. It's like crazy to somebody with any like functioning brain. With like critical thought yeah. processing going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be like, no, obviously th- I got this, I got that. Like, no, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But like your dumbass friend who just does it and then he gets laid and has all the kids, you know? That's a good call. Yeah, man. Yeah. And when it comes to the low frequency, by the way, I think it'd be very easy to transmit it to us through our devices and we're all suckered into our phones. And so I don't think it's an impossible... Why? Why it make us docile and stupid and and lame and the problem is it doesn't work on everybody and it has serious repercussions for some. And how do you know that you don't know like one thing they never could test or ever know is prolonged exposure. Oh, we... So will you <laughs> will you get used to it? Will it have an opposite effect? What about like a yeah. strategically placed uh, right amplification of said frequency and you want to elicit someone in the area, you maybe don't know necessarily who, but you know it's a targeted percentage, you will get aggression or someone who will want to do like a shooting. And that's how we get these mass shootings, right? And how they maybe happen uh, in clusters. 
and uh, maybe you want people mm. to be lazy and stay home. Maybe you want people to not be proactive, and you want them sitting at home watching TV, right, on their phones. So uh, you send out that kind of low-frequency vibe through their devices, and then they're, like, addicted to their phones. They have this energy where they don't want to move or do anything. Mm-hmm. Maybe not all of them, right? We're talking percentages. Only certain people are potentially receptive to that frequency or whatever, but you can potentially send messages out that way. And, um, you know, I think that's why we always get hung up on the uh, chemtrail thing. I think the chemtrail oh, program is... He a, went there, people. I did. I always do. And I think the chemtrail, just like the freak, low frequency concept, it, you know, these... You could look at the chemtrails and see that the CIA has declassified or we have seen declassified files of programs where they purposefully sprayed chemicals to test what spraying bacteria or certain other things into the population. They definitely seeded clouds. They can. They for sure can. I'm not even saying seeding clouds, which I do think if you see clouds, you block out the sun, you block out the vitamin D, you can make people depressed and, and, you know... Uh, they don't go outside as much and all that nonsense. They're less active. And I think you can also spray chemicals or bacteria or whatever into the air and have it rain down on a populace and have similar effects. And maybe it's not going to get everybody, but it'll get the ones you want. And I almost feel like that's kind of what COVID was all about too, right? We're going to release this virus. We're playing percentages. It's going to really affect this percentage. The rest, not so much. And uh, like all things, we're going to trim some fat of the population. Uh, we'll make um, long-term users of Big Pharma out of the rest and make some money. Mm. I, I don't see. I think it's just about COVID was just about making money. Sure, that, and that's yeah. my thing with the so that's my problem with the cloud seeding and or not cloud seeding, but the what do you call it? The chemtrails. Chemtrails, my man. Chemtrails. Uh, They're everywhere. They they are un like the, literally almost every day big, here in Colorado. The big problem with the chemtrails is you not only does it cost money to do chemtrails, but you experience economic loss during cloudy days, rainy days. Like it, there's no incentive for the government to do it. No positives from like poisoning people and making them sick, or uh, you know, from the cloud seeding. Yeah, I'm thinking a lot of it has to do with uh, making people sick, man. Or not cloud seeding, chemtrails. Yeah, ca- cloud seeding chemtrails. I think so are you don't think chemtrails are seeding clouds? I think we have a lot of different things going on when it comes to these planes with these trails, and I think for the most part. When I've really tried to, when I've put a lot of thought towards it, the cloud seeding thing is that, uh, is the stuff that you can literally YouTube right now. You can find CNN, recent CNN stuff of them talking about and bragging about cloud seeding and creating it for eco friendly ideas or creating water, all that bullshit. I think that's the cover for, yeah, we are doing this. We're flying these planes and spraying this shit in the air. But the real reason is we're spraying chemicals that are coming down on certain regions and they're making you sick. So that way you need to go to the doctor and get hooked on our drugs. What would they be spraying? 
they've they yeah or... they tested it out uh you can there's declassified documents about it uh this is my fact. problem is why don't why haven't why why aren't there people out there like hey look what i found i put out this petri dish here's what i found well if we're talking aerosols and breathable bacteria which is what i'm discussing which is what i read about and saw some videos pertaining to uh they've tested out over the last several decades in not just our country but other countries spraying these aerosoled uh bacteria and you know uh fungus or you know aerosolized uh covid or whatever you know what i mean you could spray this this uh swine flu over an area it rains down it, it it's in the air uh, but the point is is like it. you were saying they were come trailing in Colorado like a couple months ago, right? They were, Some and uh, we had RSV, a, and we had is, the triple demic if, going if they on. Were, if they were spraying something that should infect you or anybody on the ground, that means anybody on the ground could have put a Petri dish in their backyard, and they would have been able to collect the evidence of this is the bacteria they're releasing. This is the virus. Can you can you collect? There would, there would be like an extreme concentration in this area. Can you collect on a petri dish on the ground aerosolized anything aerosolized? Yes, yes. it would. Anything falling from the sky. All right, someone do it out there. We need a scientist out there. I don't have the time. I do have. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Collect it and then mail it to me. With about uh, 10 grams of wax. How about this? Actually, while I'm cutting clips and editing the show uh, for two hours, you can go outside and collect a Petri dish and then do the, uh, <laughs> do the measurement for the show, all for the sake of the show. Right? All I would get is jet fumes from the fucking airplanes taking off three blocks from my house. And there you go. I have already proved. Look, they love the airports over the people. Let's just spray this crap all over them and we'll uh, slowly kill them. <laughs> Everybody will be sick in the area. We'll make a billion dollars. With all the people out there looking for chemtrails and looking at them, people are out there doing it. There are people right now collecting air samples. And everything they like, there's really no dramatic increases in anything that would, would one, seed clouds, two, harm the population, you know, or three, benefit the, the government in any way. I don't think you understand who you're dealing with here. I am a tinfoil hat <laughs> conspiracy theorist nut job, and I don't like facts. I don't like science. Get your data out the window, buddy. All right? I am here for nonsense and... <laughs> I'm with you, man. I wanted to be real, I know, but I haven't found anything Well, that convinced me. Look, I think what the people out there need is uh, one guy who says, I'm telling you, there's chemtrails, and the other guy to say, you're an idiot. And uh, I feel like that's where the general public lies at this point. Uh,